start by starting. Don't, don't look for your outcomes. Don't look for how this is going to help you. Don't look for how you're going to grow. Just show up. Just move. Just get off your butt. Get to the events. Meet people. And start by starting. And offer to help. And you'll make a big difference for yourself and you know everyone around you, hopefully, as well. Howdy, y'all, and welcome to the Cyber Ranch Podcast. That's Scott Schindler, CISO at Lifelong Medical Care, adjunct professor at Collin College, CISO at Community Medical Centers. He's an all-around man about town when it comes to cybersecurity, which brings me to my point. Scott is the most community-centered player I know in cybersecurity. Every time I go to a gathering, an event, a conference, Scott is there supporting, helping, and participating. Scott is an inspiration to all of us on the topic for today's show, how to build, strengthen, participate in, contribute to, and benefit from a cybersecurity community. Now, I have to warn you good folks that there is a lot of Dallas-Fort Worth-centric talk in today's show, but please bear with it as it reveals a lot of what it takes to build a strong community. Dallas-Fort Worth is truly the strongest cybersecurity community I have ever encountered in my career. And as you will hear, Scott will be praising a lot of folks by name. His support and encouragement of others is inspiring. I think it's directly tied to some of these threads we're talking about when we talk about the value and and, and benefits of cybersecurity community. And I think you're going to enjoy the show. Scott, thank you so much for coming on down to the ranch. Yeehaw. Yeehaw. All right. That's almost as good as Taylor Lehman's howdy. He's from Boston. He was trying. (laughs) Welcome to the Cyber Ranch Podcast, recorded under the big blue skies of Texas, where one CISO explores the cybersecurity landscape with the help of friends and experts. Here's your host, Alan Alford. We're talking about cybersecurity community. That's what we're talking about. And... Um, Scott had a bunch of ideas on this, and, and this is a passion topic of his, and I thought we could kind of explore it a little bit. So being a cybersecurity show, we're talking about cybersecurity community in particular, but I'm going to start with a broader question to kind of ground this and get it kind of you know fixated here. What does it mean to have a community in a given profession? What exactly are we talking about? Well, it came across to me, Alan, uh, we were in an event probably two weeks ago, and George Finney was in the room, CISO of SMU. You've had him on your show. Um, and we, we did a little executive roundtable, and I'd gone around and asked everybody some questions. And, and George said, you know what, what is really great about DFW is the cyber community. He goes, I, it didn't used to be this way as I was growing up in my career or, or getting my foot in the door and whatnot. And he said, uh, now when I have a question or I have a problem, there's just so many people out there that I can go to they're happy to give advice. They're happy to give counsel. They're happy to show up and make a difference. And that's just just an amazing, uh, amazing community, amazing value to have access to. I love that. And, and I'm going to go ahead and say this, having been in Austin 30 years and only been up here in DFW like three and a half now, not even four years yet. Um, I have to say the Dallas-Fort Worth scene is so much more community-centered for the CISOs than anything I ever saw in Austin. I mean, truly. And I hate to say that because I loved Austin, lived there 30 years. Like I said, great town, great people, lots of good connections, a really solid community and tribe down there. It's just not on the same level as what we see in Dallas-Fort Worth. Somehow, some way, this this notion of yours of people being there and people stepping up and people rallying, like Dallas-Fort Worth has got it going on. And, and it's funny because we're a privacy and security 
community, right? We're, we're comprised of privacy and security people, which in theory means we're more paranoid than most. And yet somehow we have overcome that paranoia and forged these bonds. Like, how the heck do we pull that off in cybersecurity? How do we have such a strong community, especially given the fact that we're paranoid by nature? That's a, that's a really good question. Now, we have a, a big event with Avanta tomorrow, right, which many of us consider to be the, the top event organization that comes to the community. Definitely the one that brings the most value, brings the, the biggest names and stuff to the event. Uh, matter of fact, the, the last event I remember going to them, they started the event. I, I think you were there as well. They started the event with a, a mental health care presentation for all the CISOs in, you know, in the community. And I thought, man, that is a class act way to start things. But uh, I, I bring them up because they tend to get those folks who are more along those lines. You know, the Scott Moser over at Sabre and Alex at, uh, you know, who was retired from Harley Davidson. And then um, Ian Schneller over at Blue Cross Blue Shield. And a few of these guys are, Jim Motes is probably the one I like to bring up the most over at GameStop you don't see these guys out in the world very often. They, mm-hmm. they pick they pick the events, they pick the community events they go to uh, very carefully. They tend to only be at the, the larger enterprise events where they're hanging out with their peers. These guys are super sharp and have amazing knowledge, wisdom, experience that they, they share at these events. And so you really have to get at the right events to, to hear from them. Um, but in this industry, I don't know that we share our secrets. We don't share our privacy. We share our wisdom and our value, but it, it never contains anything that one could not hear generically or learn from a school or mm-hmm. learn from doing this a while, but it's nothing proprietary. Uh, but people sure are willing to give freely of the of their wisdom. And uh, we really do appreciate that. I, I, I do want to give a shout out to Avanta. I think they do a fantastic job. And I want to give a shout out to Lawrence Figueroa as well, who's led that organization here in DFW for a long time. I know he's moved up and we've got a new uh, lead. And uh, But Lawrence did a great job. We always appreciated him and that organization. There are quite, of other, uh, quite a few other organizations that we appreciate. But uh, in, in as much as uh, uh, Gartner needs anybody giving them uh, a shout out, uh, they uh, they do an excellent job. All right, all right, and and you're right about the proprietary thing. It's funny as a as a guest on other people's podcasts, I'm always asked, "Is there anything we should or shouldn't say?" And I always tell them, "Never ever ask me at your company how do you deal with this problem, or at your company do you have that problem, or at your company." You know, I, I basically get across this idea that. And, and you'll hear this on, on this show, too. If you listen, I've never, ever once specifically named a company that had a specific problem. I'll say, in all my experiences, I'll say, in my Not past, very good. I'll say, in my career, I'll say, you know, like, there's ways to get across the problem statement without giving away the, the, the who has the problem and the nature of the problem, right? And I think, to your point, I think that's one of the ways I overcome the whole paranoia thing is I still want to share. I still want to get the, the stuff out there. I'm just not going to, you know, hang anybody up to dry, Right. So you don't just say the so the breach that we had last month. Uh, this is what, <laughs> right exactly. You don't, you don't so go to that, those lines. <laughs> that, that glaring set of vulnerabilities that are all critical that I'm facing right now at my day job. Yeah, those. Exactly. Yeah, yeah those. Um, yes, we avoid that kind of detail. But I still think to your point, what did you say? You said we share the wisdom, and we share the learnings, the experience. That, you know, so some of the events and some of the community community panels and roundtables. And I'm a little past panels. I think most of us are um, other than to be on them periodically, just to share our egos with the world. 
most of the panels are a little security 101, a little security 201 at most. It's hard to really get wisdom out of those. Um, obviously, there are some exceptions. I would say, for example, Eric Yancey, and I know a lot of people know Eric, who's the CISO of the city of Denton here. Uh, you could put that man on a, on a panel about the most boring topic, and he would make it interesting because he's just amazing and great at sharing wisdom. Uh, but getting that value beyond just a knowledge transfer, and I think most of my peers, we've been doing this all 30 years, right? We have almost all of the knowledge that we need to do the job well, but there are some prioritizations. There are some, you know, a few tools here and there. There are some best practices that we're not all uh, great at. We were at a event the other day and there was somebody on the panel and I wish I could remember his name right now because I'd love to give him a shout out. But he was speaking about uh, how to uh, do third-party access or third-party uh, vendor risk and how to bring in your insurance part of it. And how did, you know, just something like, wow, this is, there's some real wisdom here. This isn't just a knowledge transfer. There's no book that's going to give me what he just said. And I thought, wow, that's really good. And I always go look for that diamond, right? Every event you go to, CISO XE's got an event, you know, December 8th, the last time I was there, um, they had a, what I call an OG, right? They had an OG, uh, original gangster from the, the governance risk and compliance days. Uh, so, and he, I, I found him, listened to his, uh, his speech and his uh, presentation. I was like, man, this guy really knows his stuff. Uh, and it's just always a pleasure when you get to hear from one of those guys. All right. So what we're saying then is, um, I'm going to round this out, um, get us, get us summarize up to this point. Cause I'm going to pivot here on, on the next question. Good. So we want to see events. We want to see going to events. We want to see participating in events, being on panels, sharing the wisdom. If you're somebody that has the wisdom to share, share it. If you're somebody seeking wisdom, go and seek it. Um, I'm hearing that so far on how to build a, a good cyber community. Um, yeah. Well, I'm that's hearing... just a, the, yeah. Let's let's pivot the question because that's just a, a small piece of it. Right, right, right. And and we've talked about you know being able to share despite having secrets to protect, and I think we've talked about how to overcome that. So. I'm going to pivot now to the folks who feel like, gee, I'm not part of this community. You know, like sometimes I worry about, especially on this show, because I got so many friends in the industry. And, and I mean, my guest roster is my friends. Right. I mean, that's what it is. And it's and, yeah. and sometimes it can't help but come across as a couple of friends shooting the breeze together, you know, the way friends do. And yeah. I want to make sure everyone feels included. I want to make sure that the audience is not only receiving that wisdom and, and, and receiving those learnings, if, if indeed there are any learnings or wisdom to offer in a given show. Like, let's hope there are every show. Um, but I want them to feel included. And so that's the next pivot is if, if you want to join this community that you don't feel a part of it, what are the best way to wire, you know, what's the best way to wire in with other folks? And that's not the same question as how do we break in newcomers? I'm talking about people that are already in the industry that don't feel part of the community. Let's start with that crowd. Well, let's start with, you know, there's a, a difference between uh, an extroversion and an introversion way to engage mm -hmm. right so the there's the the dallas hackers association that has a very technical bend uh the uh, pone what is it uh pone school once again penetration testing very technical then there's the isc squareds the issas asaka owasp infraguard on and on there's all these organizations so there's a lot of ways to get in so if you're in application development and application security OWASP is a great fit. If you're looking for certifications, obviously ISC squared is one of the more common ones. It's a great fit. And I want to say that's the value 
of the community, not just what you can learn, but the people you can meet, their character, their uh, mentoring, their wisdom. And uh, he's been a great one for a, a long time. And ISC Squared is coming back into the fold uh, with some online events right now and hoping they come back with some in-person events soon. But if no matter what you do, if you're a blue teamer or a red teamer or a purple teamer or you're just looking in, your, in high school or college, there are just so many events. You can find most of them on LinkedIn. And come on out and get to know the community. I, I always tell my students, it's not who you know, it's who you help. So definitely when you come on out, uh, look at how you can engage and, and offer value. Because don't just come and take, come and give. If you have no skills, you have no knowledge, you have nothing you can share, then just donate your time. Come on out and, and help them serve food or help them pass things out or help them set up the, the microphones and cameras at the beginning of events, whatever you can do. But definitely become involved. Um, you know, I've met, uh, I don't remember, you remember Barrick, Barrick Bentley? Love to talk about Barrick because he's the perfect example for me. I met Barrick at Dallas Hackers Association. I, these people are amazing and colorful, and I, I love to follow them at, at that organization. And Barrick was a, a college kid at the time. He sat behind me, or maybe even a, a senior in high school at the time. And I got to talking to him, and he just seemed like a really upstanding kid that had a good head on his shoulders, was uh, from Wichita Falls and was from out of town and kind of moving around and ended up going to uh, UTD. And uh, I got to know him, invited him into the nonprofit I was running at the time, the InfosecCareer.org, which I'd love to get back to. That was an organization to help people establish and develop cyber careers. And we found so many people that needed help getting that first job or needed help with their resume or needed help with interview skills. But Barrett came on and um, helped me with the, the uh, AV and then helped other parts of the organization. I hired him as a summer intern. And then... Uh, I've always been trying to help him get new jobs. I think he's like four jobs in now um, of different internships or different permanent roles and doing really well for himself because he really gets out there. He really tries. He joins all these different communities and everywhere he goes, he shows up and says, what can I do? I know all, all these people here are amazing. I know I'm going to learn things. What can I give to all of you? Boy, I just, I think he's just a upstanding, outstanding representative of how you can engage in these communities um, but just go into LinkedIn, find them, show up, say, you know, they'll always say, who's new here? Raise your hand and say, hey, I'm new here and this is what I'm looking to do someday. And here's my education. And maybe I'm looking for an internship or even just looking for somebody to show me some ropes. And uh, we're all happy to help. Uh, and if you show up and say, but also I'd like to give, how can I help? Boy, we love those people. Yeah, yeah. That's beautiful. I was thinking of CISOXE and the fact that they've always had such a strong volunteer force and always end up with, um, you know, folks that end up uh, staying on permanently in some capacity, right? And I think ISSA has done the same thing. The uh, The North Texas ISSA events, uh, all those kids from Collin College that participate, uh, there's been some great, great, you know, it, it's interesting to go year over year and see the same faces, only now they're not in a volunteer T-shirt, they're wearing something else, you know, and it's yeah. like, hey – you're one of us now. You crossed the, you know, you crossed over from volunteer to, you know, attendee, right? Um, that's super cool. So, so you know, we're, we 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 keep getting back to a very Dallas Fort Worth focus here. And as I said at the beginning of the show, we've got a heck of a community here in DFW. I don't know how I lucked into such a great community walking in the door, um, but other places may not have all that. But I think some of these organizations you named, like ISC Squared, ISACA, ISSA, 
there should be a chapter for those three in pretty much every Metroplex, right? Here's the thing, though. Um, I really do believe there's a, a great differentiator in Dallas and everywhere else. Now, mm-hmm. I haven't been everywhere else, but I have been Austin's ISSA, which was great before the pandemic and hasn't made its way back. Uh, uh, I've been Houston for Asaka was really the only organization that was working well in uh, Houston before the pandemic. And, and most of those things haven't made their way back. Uh, Dallas is just coming straight back. Uh, ISC squared starting to open back up. ISSA's, I mean, well on its way to numerous yeah. events. Sean, Sean Richards is such a great guy. And he just started over at Fortinet for those guys who don't know him. Uh, he's the president of ISSA in Dallas and I'm in their uh, conference director, their annual conference director right now. Um, and he's just got such a great plan for everything he wants to see ISSA do, how it's going to serve the community, how it's going to reach more people. And, and we have some other folks in that organization, Barbara Kramer's one I would always want to point out, who is amazing, just crazy amazing at building events and engaging people and inviting them. Um, I'm not sure why 75% of our drinks seem to be related to alcohol, but uh, we're working on <laughs> we're working on getting the high school and younger college kids in there too, but I'm not going to complain for now. But uh, we, we're constantly looking on how, how to engage the, the community. As a matter of fact, uh, somebody, somebody, uh, somebody put something online today, say we're going to do an event uh, coming up soon. Here's all the things I want to do at it. And I put back, uh, you know, I'd like to add something to that. I'd like to add a, a leadership competition, a security leadership competition, because we're always mm-hmm. doing red, blue, and we're always doing these capture the flags. And so I, I called Rick Bruner and Irvin Frenzel and uh, James Friedel today, who are, you know, four of the leaders and educators at Collin College and said, look, I'd like to put together a, a security leadership competition so that we have these kids that are going to the colleges and doing our capstone and uh, the folks I met over at UTD when I presented over there for Tejas uh, Shroff's class, uh, we did Shark Tank with them there this weekend at uh, UTD again. And the students there are amazing. And and they're leadership students. I want to get some leadership competitions, not just a red and blue team. But there's all these ideas out there. There's all these people that are taking the initiative. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I see somebody send an email, say, I want to build a new event and I want to bring value and I want to bring college kids and high school kids and I want to, I want to change the world. I love those people. I love those ideas and I want to be, I want to be a part of all of it. And therefore I don't sleep and I volunteer for everything. And, uh, but here's what I teach them. And here's what I teach the kids over at UTD. There were a hundred some there this weekend. And I, I give them this motto, start by starting. Don't, don't look for your outcomes. Don't look for how this is going to help you. Don't look for how you're going to grow. Just show up, just move, just get off your butt, get to the events, meet people and start by starting and offer to help, and you'll make a big difference for yourself and you know everyone around you, hopefully, as well. We did a, a mentoring program at Wiley High School two weeks ago, and uh, I got to meet 12 kids at Wiley High School. And I said to them, look, I know everybody else is going to give you some great advice. I'm going to do something different. I'm going to give you homework. They're going to tell you, here, do this for your education and choose this path and you know make this money and get this mentor. And I'm going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you to do something uh, additionally, additional to that. As I said, by the end of the day, I know you're in high school. You've got a TikTok account or an Instagram account or all these accounts. I bet you don't have a LinkedIn account. So by the end of the day, everybody, you're going to go create a LinkedIn account. And they said, okay. I said, by the end of today, I want you to follow me and or connect to me. We have to worry about the kids' ages when they're in high school and connecting to adults and things like that. But I say, follow me, if nothing else. And, uh, and by the end of this week, I want you to follow every other mentor that came to talk to you this week. Now, one weekend, now you've got 13 new contacts on LinkedIn. 
After that, I want you to have two engagements a day for every week. I'm sorry, two, two engagements a week on LinkedIn every week for the rest of your life. Starting next week, I want you to be on LinkedIn and comment on something, engage someone, connect to someone, two of them minimum a week, every week for the rest of your life. And I guarantee you, you will get more value out of that from friends, colleagues, colleagues, opportunities than any other education you could possibly commit yourself to. And uh, I'm going to be doing the same thing. So I'm writing the honors capstone right now for Collin College uh, for next semester. And part of that program is going to be LinkedIn connectivity. So they're going to have a requirements to go out and and connect to people, bring them back. So they're going to go have to find CFOs and CISOs and and COOs and GCs and and bring them back and have them talk to the class about all of the jobs. And uh, so I really think that human interaction and human engagement and building these communities is the most valuable part of our our professional life. All right. I'm going to pause this right there for a quick word from our sponsor, Over the Top Texas Style. Howdy, y'all. Asset management for IT and security sure ain't easy, and our networks are fixing to get more complex. But I reckon there's a better way of doing things, and it starts with Axonius. Axonius helps you lasso everything in your environment, devices, users, software, and more, to provide an always up-to-date inventory, uncover gaps, and automate action. You want a free walkthrough of the platform? Head on over to axonius.com get dash a dash tour. That's A-X-O-N-I-U-S dot com slash get dash A dash tour. It's beautiful, and that, that takes me honestly straight to the next question. So we, we've kind of covered how do you, how do you break in uh, as, as a new to the industry, but also how do you break in as someone who's established? We've covered both of those now. Yep. And we've talked about the fact that any big city is going to have these various chapters and these various organizations. And I, I forgot InfraGuard when I rattled off the list. So we're talking about ISACA, ISC Squared, ISSA, InfraGuard, OWASP. Uh, LASCON down in Austin is one of the finest conferences I've ever attended, and that's an OWASP conference, right? Um, so, so all of that, that's all doable and viable. And now we've talked about how to break in, and we've talked about volunteering at conferences. We've talked about being on LinkedIn. We've talked about a lot of things. How do we, if we live in a place that doesn't have any of these groups and all we have available to us is LinkedIn, how do we go about being the seed to create a community where one doesn't exist? Once again, let's go back to start by starting. And it took me a long time in my life to figure out that uh, the, the world wasn't going to give me what I wanted. I just needed to wake up and build what I wanted. And that's why I created the InfoSecCareer.org two, well, now four years ago and, and brought people together because I saw there was a need and it didn't exist. And so I just created it. So just go create it. Go build something in your community. Find a community center where you can host events. Uh, figure out how you can invite people over LinkedIn or any other type of connection mechanism. If there's a parent organization, reach out to them and ask if they'd like to open a chapter in your area. But just start by starting. Get up, communicate to people, ask questions. Come out to uh, LinkedIn and say, hey, I know you used to run a, a nonprofit organization or I see you're running a, a nonprofit organization now or I see you're the president of ISSA or I see you're a director on the board of one of these organizations what would you recommend for me to do? Uh, I'm in uh, Wichita Falls. What should I do? Well, Wichita Falls still has uh, a community on LinkedIn and all of these in, in places that you can meet. So just go start it, advertise. Yeah. Now here's the challenge. And this, this is, this is an internal struggle for, for people potentially. Don't set your expectations of other people to meet your own. 
So mm-hmm. what you want out of something, you if you go out in, into it and think, I'm going to grow this fast, or I'm going to give this much value, and people are going to love this like I do, nobody loves it like you do. Uh-huh. Nobody loves nobody loves it like the, the, the mother or the father, right? Um, I think that, and also when you ask for help from a volunteer organization, <laughs> it is a volunteer organization. So don't expect people to give the same amount of time if it was theirs or if they were paid, uh, unless there's definitely some type of empathy engagement for them. If there's a, you know, when you're looking at like St. Jude's or something, there's there's such an attachment to organizations like that or Red Cross or in any any of those organizations. It's not the same for security education. Uh, so just mm. set your expectations in a place that they're attainable. Uh, try to grow slowly, but consistency is more your friend than uh, passion and excitement. Just just keep going slowly and growing, uh, providing value, and you'll be successful. I love it. So I normally, as a person, tend to end things on a positive note. I tend to be a very positive person. I tend to always look for the positives in things. But we've talked about all the positives thus far, and there's a negative that I want to address. So I'm going to do something very weird here, and I'm going to end on a negative. And I'm going to ask, and and maybe we'll express it a little more positively. I, I was going to ask what is wrong with the cybersecurity community today, but instead I'll phrase it as, what can we improve in the cybersecurity community today? We've talked about how to build it. We've talked about how to grow it, how to gather it, how to join it, how to kick something off if, you've, if you don't have anything in your area. We've talked about all these wonderful things. But that cybersecurity community, once it's built, you know, there it is. What's wrong with it? There's something we haven't solved. Mm-hmm. And there's something there's not an easy answer for. And it goes back to what you said earlier, and I know you've had discussions with other guests. Uh, we, we don't know how to help people with that first job. That first job in security, whether you're going straight in or from IT, it's almost as much as of, of magic as it is from going from an individual contributor to a leader. How do you get that transition? And it's a challenge. And I'll tell you what I saw in running a nonprofit for two years. Um, the challenge is even bigger if you have English as a second language, if you have a name that uh, there's any type of bigotry could be a, a associated with, like if your name has Hussein in it or your name has Muhammad in it and you're, we're in Texas. We understand that there's bigotry and in this state, there's bigotry in our country. Uh, and there, there are some people that will just pass on those resumes just because of something like that. Or they get on the phone and they could have a master's degree in cybersecurity, but they don't speak the way we speak. English isn't their first language and it's frustrating to people. And I can say that when I built that organization, the number of people with English as a second language or any of these issues, uh, women, uh, racial minorities, um, English as a second language, were probably 90% of the people that were cha- had the biggest challenge finding roles. I was really surprised that it was just overwhelmingly uh, numbers like that. That's a that was a real concern. That sucks. It was the number of people, primarily from any African nations, a lot of Kenyan, Ethiopian, Nigerian, um, Gold Coast. Those those individuals who spoke English perfectly well, but you could tell it wasn't the first language. Um, some Asian nations as well. Um, you could just see 
I'm really having have a hard time getting opportunities. Well, you, let's take a look at your resume. Well, your resume looks good. Your skills look good. Your experience looks good. Um, you're involved in the community now that's going to help you. You're working on your certifications. That's great. But let me, let me tell you this. Bigotry is real. Um, and you have to overcome that. It's just we, we accept that it exists and we fight it, but we have to we have to be pragmatic as well. And you can overcome that by practicing your interview skills, practicing your language skills. And I hate to tell people that this is a real issue that they're going to have to face. But it is. But I saw it and yeah. I know they're I, and I know they're experiencing it. So there's something where the community needs to help. We really do need to come up with answers for how do we get that first job other than uh, there might be some internships? Why don't you look into it and let me help you with your interview and resume skills? Those are still pretty good, particularly the interview skills and the mentoring can help a lot. Uh, but uh, I think we're still overcoming some issues that exist just in our culture. And yeah. That's, yeah. that's a real, that's a, that's, that's real. And we didn't grow up with that. Right. I, I'm a, I'm a white guy. We, we, we know that I, I didn't grow up with those systemic problems and I didn't have to face those. So I can't answer for them. I don't know what it's like. I can try to help, but I'm not sure how much I can help, but I want to. Um, I'm not sure what the right answer is, but if we come together, maybe we can fight these things better together than we can. And by leaving someone on their own to fight them alone. You really hit on something tough there. It's not just cybersecurity we're talking about anymore. You're talking about a massive society-wide issue and problem that we're facing as a culture. And it's an absolutely valid point to bring up. It's a dangerous and, and scary topic for some to talk about, but I think it really needs to be on the table. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I could have bit the whale, but I tried to I tried to swallow the whole thing, I guess. But yeah, that's... Right. That we talk all the time about breaking in. And it's funny how you see all these folks on LinkedIn about how do I break in and all these folks dispensing advice on how you break in, how you break in. And in fact, we call it breaking in because it's not getting or applying. It's somehow breaking in. Like for some reason, cyber is something you need to you need a crowbar to get into. I'm not sure why that is. I will say that I, I will say this. Your knowledge is not the same value as your ability to communicate that knowledge. Being smart and having knowledge is not the same as communicating it. If you can't show up to an interview and just rattle off, this is what I do. This is the best practice. This is what I've experienced. Uh, this is what I've read and be honest. I'm not sure on that thing, but I can look it up. And this is where I would look and those things. You've got to be comfortable. When you go to an interview, you've got to look like you're in control. You're in, you're confident and you need to practice these things. They don't just happen. Some people have yeah. that natural skill, the very few and far between us. I yeah. didn't. Yeah. You've got to practice. And people don't realize how important practicing is in things like interview skills. Yeah. You, you talk about lucking out, you know, being, being, being the white guy that was born and raised on American soil, right? Like dodging all these bullets just by happenstance. Uh, I happen to be one of those people that's a good interviewer. I happen to have that extroversion bit flipped. Well, you're um, the master. You're probably the I, best of us. <laughs> and I, I, I just, I never had trouble with that one. And, and I, I recognize that that's a, a blessing and a gift, you know? I sent, a, I sent one of my students to an internship interview a few weeks ago, four weeks ago. And she didn't get the internship because uh, the, the leader told me she didn't have strong enough networking skills. And I pretty, just, I pretty much just said, um, you've been doing this 30 years, buddy. Uh, I'll give you 48 hours to give her all the networking skills she needs. That's the best student I've ever had. She is the most dedicated, uh, uh, consistent, passionate, uh, 
organized individual I've ever had come through my classes. If you tell me she doesn't have a skill, that's on you. Hire for character, train for skills. Uh, I need you to rethink your decision because you're just, nice. you decided, you decided wrong. <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, well done on the advocacy there for your students. So listen, Scott Schindler, I want to thank you so much for coming on down to the ranch and talking about the cyber community with me. Uh, for my listeners, I know we deep, we, we dipped deep into the DFW waters there. Um, but I hope, uh, I hope you understand the lessons are universal, even if the names were from Dallas. Um, you know, in review, there's lots of good organizations in review. You can start one. Uh, start a local chapter, reach out to the nationals. If, if you don't have anything in your area, start your own dang group if you want. I don't think Dallas Hackers Association, for example, was affiliated with some sort of national group. I think those guys just kind of a bunch of hackers got together, and the next thing you know, it's a, it's a group. Um, so, so don't be afraid to start. Don't be afraid to be that first one. As Scott puts it, uh, start starting. I, I love that line, Scott. Thank you so much for coming on down to the ranch. Alan, you are the best of us, my friend, and I wish you the best of luck in this. I think you've done so much for this community already in this podcast, and we all really, I tell you, everybody I talk to adores you, and I don't think you, I don't think you could ever hear that enough because you've really earned it. I, I <laughs> wow. <laughs> all right, all right. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I will thank you, sir, for those kind words. That's what I will do. All right, and I thank you, listeners. Y'all be good now.